What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, Tuesday, April 2nd. Man, April Fool's Day was a real scorcher this year. I didn't have to work, thank goodness. It's the first April Fool's Day. I haven't had to work in years. I hate April Fool's Day. It is the worst day to work if you're a sports writer because there's all kinds of fake news out there that tricks you left and right. I'm Will Brinson, by the way. I host this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. Uh, by the way, the madness is here. We're a step closer to one shining moment. The best place to stay on top of all the NCAA tournament coverage. Got only three games left. CBS Sports HQ. If you don't know by now, CBS Sports HQ is a free 24-hour streaming sports network built for fans just like you and me. You find all the latest tournament coverage, tons of highlights, analysis, and stats, everything you need to know about what happened in the game. None of the yelling, fake debates, and politics as you'll find on other sports networks. Check it out on Fire TV, Roku, Apple TV. Watch it today. CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and it's always free. You know who's also always on and always free? John Breach. <laughs> that was an accidental segue. I was going to say that you worked on, uh, on, uh, on, um, April Fool's Day and you, unfortunately, did you get to cover the Tom Brady joins Twitter news? I did get to cover it, but really my issue with April Fool's Day is Brinson here saying he hates the entire holiday, which I also holiday. hate the entire holiday. <laughs> but then he's calling me up and says, Hey, Breach, you don't mm-hmm. need to podcast with me tonight. And then, oh, April Fools. Yes, you do. Yep. And now I'm here right now podcasting for the day after April Fools Day, April 2nd, but being recorded on April Fools Day. I will give, uh, I got to give Adam Azer credit. Uh, he hosts, he is the host of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. And while I was walking my dog George around the lake this morning, I was listening to their show from Monday that they recorded first thing in the morning and then throw it up at like 10 o'clock or something like that. Um, and I'm walking the dog and I'm like trying to catch up on what had happened in fantasy baseball the week before and like trying to set my line, you know, like making ad drops on my various teams. And all of a sudden, Azer goes into this rant about Freddie Freeman's injury that's going to knock him out for like 12 weeks. And I lost my, like I lost my mind. I was screaming, are you kidding me? Cause I'm a Braves fan and I got Freddie Freeman in several leagues and like, like I've got earphones in. I'm like walking along the greenway, just screaming, angry. And I'm like going to the lineups to like get Freddie Freeman and put him on injured reserve. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's April Fool's Day. And so like that stuff, I, I, I don't, that stuff's funny. I think April Fool's Day stuff is funny. I don't think, I don't like it when it's like every team and their social media account has to come up with some hilarious knee slapping gag to, to toss out there. I do feel like, though, that in the past few years, there's only been a couple teams doing it, and it's usually pretty good. Like, I felt mm. like, uh, you know, we saw the Bengals unveil new uniforms like five years ago, but really <laughs> they weren't new uniforms at all. They were making fun of the Browns' dumb modifications. <laughs> uh, the Ravens saying they were taking a cruise ship oh, yeah, that to was England. Funny. That, was that was one of my all-time yeah, yeah. favorites. I almost, I would see, you know, that I almost wrote about that. I was like, this is insane. I was like, why would they take a cruise ship to England? These guys are idiots. And I'm like, had like fired up the CMS and was typing the headline. I was like, wait a minute. It's April Fool's Day. God dang it. I hate this holiday. And they went all out. You know, when the team makes a video and incorporates the coach and the coach is in on it, you're like, is this real? What's going on? Like the bears had one today where they were going to add a one to everyone's number for the 100th anniversary. So like Trubisky was going to be number 110 instead of 10. And they, again, they interviewed Trubisky. They inter- they went all out. So I do like it. If you're going to do an April fool's prank or do anything, you do have to go all out or do what Tom Brady did and join Twitter and say, you're going to retire. That also qualifies as going all out. The Tom Brady thing is good. Like he saw he, his first tweet for, for those that don't follow Tom Brady, by the way, it's a little disappointing to see, um, the speed with which he got followers. 
He only has 216,000 followers and he joined seven hours, like eight hours ago. His first tweet, he, he fires up and, um, and he's like, I'm retiring in my spare time. I'll be tweeting hashtag LFG and he's got 41,000 retweets of it, but that's his first tweet. And that's great. And then he's like, was this a bad joke? I mean, that's, that's a clever way to join Twitter. So I, I applaud him for that. I, I don't mind that. Cause like, you know, he's not retiring. You know what I mean? Like it's right. Um, did well, you, my favorite thing here is that like, did you follow, a, did you follow Tom do we, Brady? Do we quit Tom? Do we quit Twitter? Because this is like, Hey, my dad's on Twitter. I don't think this is cool anymore. <laughs> this guy's 41. He's going to be 42. Or do we show respect for Brady because he came in hot? He's like he's starting a Twitter feud with The Rock. Uh, he's trying to plan an illegal Augusta outing with Roy McIlroy. Uh, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Oh, oh, Ricky Fowler. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get my R golfers mixed up. But yeah. So they're uh, so Brady. He, he sounds like he's been waiting for this to happen. He actually replied like Dante Stallworth was like, "Welcome to hell." Uh, at Tom Brady, it was like, "Good luck on here." And he and he, and he responded. And was like, yeah, I hear they take it pretty easy on folks on really? here, which is, which is kind of, I, I don't know. That's like, uh, I think that's kind of, kind of interesting that, that he does that. He follows 98 people right now, including. Wait, well, I went down that list. And so you tell me who you think your most fascinating one is. And I will tell you who I think mine is. Um, most fascinating follow you. You go ahead and tell me, and I'll and I will uh, and I will reply and let you know. Uh, and you just said he only follows ninety eight people, and yep. one of those people is Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, so that is fascinating. Great I call. honestly feel like if there was any feud between these two guys or bad blood, like he wouldn't just follow him on Twitter. He doesn't have to follow him. He doesn't follow all his teammates. I think the only two guys he follows are Gronk and Julian Edelman. So the fact that he follows Garoppolo just kind of tells me that everything's cool. If they, if it was even bad at all, I don't know. I mean, I follow you, Brenton, and I think that, uh, so we do know that enemies can follow each other. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, my, I think that's, a, I think that's a great call. The, uh, the next best one, next two that I would think are interesting are, uh, J- Jacoby Brissett, who's with the Colts, but, you know, there's been, uh, you know, Jason Lockenfora pointed out that the Patriots could be interested in bringing Jacoby Brissett back at some point. And then Josh Gordon, who is technically a teammate. Oh, and also Brandon Cooks. Hmm, interesting. I just think it's interesting when he follows these guys who have left, right? Um, and Danny Amendola. Yeah. Uh, what's Canada Goose? How is that not a, a liquor? LeBron James. Uh, he also follows your boy, Brenny Lockdown. Who's Brenny Lockdown? Well, you're Brenny Talkdown and <laughs> Gilly Lockdown, Stephen Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore. Oh, well, yeah, of course. He's on the team right now. Follows Justin Thomas. Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler, Roy McIlroy. So he's obviously Tiger Woods, of course. Um, pretty, uh, you know, obvious big name NFL guys. A little disappointing. Like the only he follows Schefter and Bleacher Report and Bleacher Report NFL, which is surprising. Barstool Sports, Scott Zolak, no surprise there. But uh, a little, little, a little bit surprising to see the media companies he follows. Right, like he doesn't follow. CBS Sports or ESPN, but he's following Barstool Sports and um, Bleacher Report. Kind of well, I mean, Brady hates the media, don't you? He he wasn't doing post game interviews for a couple years. True. Uh, he didn't do it on Sunday Night Football for a while. He didn't do it on. I don't know why. What his deal was, but uh, he definitely. I wouldn't say he is on great terms. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. I would think he would come on. Um, Clear all the air here. Yeah. Hey Tom, why aren't you following us? 
what else? What else happened? Oh, I know what else happened in the news. Um, we got a uh, a trade. We had uh, Emmanuel Agba traded from the Browns to the Chiefs. I believe I even said that that was a great landing spot when I wrote about the trade rumors of Emmanuel Agba leaving. So good on me. Uh, what do you think about the fact that uh, Emmanuel Agba dealt from the Browns to the Chiefs, Breach? Well, I linked to your trade story so I could quickly click to confirm whether or not you actually have the Chiefs as a potential landing spot. I'm 99% sure I do. That being said, I like this move because, <laughs> A, he was not going to show up in Cleveland. You know, they had their first voluntary workout on Monday, April Fool's Day. He didn't show up, and the word was because he's trade bait. You know, ever since Olivier Vernon got into town, the Browns just looking to dump this guy on anyone. And so how would that make you feel, you know, if, if you know you're being shopped and the team doesn't want you? So it, it's good that this toxic relationship's not there anymore. You dump him out of Cleveland. And, like, if any team needs some pass rushing help, it's the Chiefs. You know, they lost D4, they traded him away, and they cut Justin Houston. So uh, definitely smart move by then. They didn't give up much. They gave up a safety who, you know, they have Honey Badger now, so it's just not that big of a loss. Uh, so I, I like this trade for both teams. Uh, where could Agba end up going? John Machado of the Dallas Morning News thinks the Cowboys are definitely in play. Dot, dot, dot. The Chiefs could be a possibility too, Will Brinson wrote, with Casey having just shipped D Ford over to the 49ers. Yeah, I like the move. Um, maybe, I mean, look, I, I, I do think it is worth now at least revisiting two things. One, that John Dorsey took, uh, Denzel Ward over Bradley Chubb. And part of the part of the reasoning in in that move was that uh, Bradley Chubb would be redundant with Emmanuel Agba on the roster. That's what we were told. Now, look, he might still like Denzel Ward better. That's fine. Do you think that the Browns would prefer to have Bradley Chubb or Denzel Ward, knowing that they traded Emmanuel Agba? And granted, they have Olivier Vernon, so maybe it doesn't matter. I mean. Yeah, I don't think it matters now. I don't think anyone in Cleveland is sitting there regretting it. They're still high off the Odell Beckham trade. Right. Uh, obviously, they have Vernon now, so I don't think anyone is really worried about anything. Obviously, Bradley Chubb may be a little bit better for that defense, uh, but I don't think. Although, I guess you could even argue that if they drafted Bradley Chubb, they couldn't have done the Olivier Vernon deal which means they wouldn't have been able to really get the Odell Beckham deal going because they needed – those deals ended up being combined into one, and they essentially needed the Olivier Vernon-Kevin Zeitler deal to kickstart the Odell Beckham deal. So maybe there you go, Breach. Uh, maybe – all right, more importantly, now that the entire 2016, 2016 draft class is gone – is it 2016 or 2017? What am I thinking about here? Uh, that's a fantastic question. Um, I never know what you're thinking, to be honest. That's okay. Miles Garrett was 2016, so the answer is 2017. Now that the entire – no, Miles Garrett's 2017. I'm just an idiot. Um, yeah, but it's 2016. Yeah, 2016. The entire Browns 2016 draft class is gone thanks to the trade of – this is the situation where they traded down in order to uh, – they, they got a bunch of picks – and uh, and eventually they drafted Corey Coleman. He's gone. Emmanuel Agua traded. Carl Nassib released. Sean Coleman, Cody Kessler, Joe Sherbert, Ricardo Lewis also released. Derek Kindred uh, released. Actually, he was dirt cheap. Ricardo Lewis and Derek Kindred were released um, 
on, uh, I think the same day Emmanuel Ogbo was traded, John Dorsey basically purged the entire 2016 draft class, which was the final culmination of, uh, of you know, Sashi Brown's ultimate trade down work. What do you think? Do you think that do we, should we now look at this team and say, okay, Sashi was, all right, I, here's a better way to put it. What percentage of credit for the Browns' current success and expect expectations and expected success do you give to Sashi Brown, and what percentage do you give to John Dorsey? Well, I give probably seventy-five or eighty percent to Dorsey because okay. he's kind of. This is like you have a house; the foundation was there, left by Dorsey and or left by Sashi Brown, and then Dorsey just came and stripped everything out and did exactly what he wanted. But it would have taken a lot longer if that foundation wasn't there. So I definitely think you have to give Sashi Brown some credit. Uh, but, you know, Dorsey has been the man just spinning and dealing and doing trades and uh, coming up with some home run draft picks. So I think he has to get most of the credit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting that there's like a lot of analytic, like the analytical group, analytical based people are upset that Sashi Brown is getting blasted for this. And so. Sashi Brown was fired on December 7th, 2017, meaning that John Dorsey, well, John Dorsey had the 2017 and 2018 drafts, right? I mean, he's had the last two drafts, I believe. Right. Yes. So in other words, when you look at these drafts and what he's put together, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, ultimately he has, yeah, he became, yeah, he was basically hired hours after Sashi Brown was, was released. Uh, or let go of his duties. Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers, David Njoku. They drafted Deshaun Kaiser. Blame that one on Hugh Jackson. Larry O, uh, Zane Gonzalez, Matthew Days on the back end of that draft. And then, of course, Nick Chubb, Antonio Callaway, Austin Corbett, Denzel Ward, and of course, Baker Mayfield. And they have injected this roster with a ton of talent in a short amount of time. But when we look at those, all of those guys that are coming in there, you were talking about uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten picks in back-to-back years in the top 100 of consecutive drafts. So it's, I mean, I, I like, I agree that Dorsey deserves a ton of credit. I do think that it is worth noting that Sashi Brown's willingness to trade down and acquire assets created this loaded draft system for Dorsey to make these picks. Because if he's coming in with, you know, number one overall, he gets Baker and he gets Garrett. But without, you know, Jabril Peppers, he can't trade for Odell Beckham. Um, you know, he, without that extra first round pick to get David Njoku, what, you know, what are you going to do there? You know, if maybe if you draft Deshaun Kaiser with that second round pick, you're hesitant to draft Baker Mayfield. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just, Nick Chubb was a, a bonus second round pick. There's so much stuff that goes into this. Well, I mean, are you trying to give Sashi Brown like 70% of the credit? Because we just talked about his 2016 draft class. If he had all these picks and he was in charge in 2017, maybe all these guys flame out and none of them are on the roster. So you got to be able to use utilize what you have. No doubt. Otherwise, it means nothing. No, no, I agree with you completely. Like if you just draft, if you just have a crap ton of picks and you just make a bunch of picks, it doesn't mean anything if you don't get the right guys. Now, I think it helped that that 2018 was a looked like a loaded draft at the top, and that you know they they did a good job of picking guys. But I mean, look, Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers, and David Njoku in the 2017 draft, you're plucking guys out of a. I mean, it was a, it was a really good draft. You had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and, but I mean, you know, like, you know, it's not like everybody was good. You know, the, you had to, you had to get lucky to an extent. Uh, and they did a good job with that. So I, I get, they, they, you know, 
the Taco Charlton went one pick before David Njoku. A lot to be said about that. Um, or, you know, you get the point. At any rate, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that Sashi's met- methodology deserves a lot of credit. So what's your percentage, Brent? And stop beating around the bush and just give me the percentage now. 99 Sashi. One, no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I would say it's like, I will say, um, 74 Dorsey. No, I'll go 69 31. 69 Dorsey. Nice. 30, that yeah. in honor of Gronk retiring? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I just think that, I think that Sashi gets credit for acquiring the assets. I mean, I, I do think you put the process in place and you get them, um, even if, you know, ultimately, it doesn't matter unless Dorsey executes on them. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we'll talk about some of the over-under win totals already released, the earliest in the history of uh, Vegas. CG Technologies dropped them. We'll be right back to break those down. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, John. We got, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's April 1st and we already have win totals. Pretty remarkable, um, to get these this early. You don't usually do that. It's usually in May after the draft because, you know, like the Browns win total would have changed last year or should have changed once they got Baker Mayfield if we thought he was going to be good. Maybe it didn't change that much, but you get the point. You know, we see what teams add in the draft. If teams can, you know, really boost their roster with good players, then you tend to favor them a little bit more. Although I, I do think the draft doesn't tend to change it um, that much. Having said all that and understanding that we do in fact have the CG, uh, CG technology out in Vegas uh, has released these win totals. Let's dive into some that you think might be good. Uh, anything, anything catch your fancy on the, uh, on the opening, on the opening uh, list there. Well, first, when you told me these were out, I thought that was another April Fool's. I was like, dude, it's April 1st. How are these even out? And the thing is, they came out in April. It's just so absurd the draft hasn't happened yet. But here's what I like. I was just stalling so I could get an explanation going in my head of who exactly I like. And I think the team I like the most on this entire list, if I flew to Vegas tomorrow and had to put a bet down, I think I would go with the Seahawks Mm. over under eight and a half. And here's the thing. Russell Wilson has been on that team 
since 2012. So in Russell Wilson's career, they've averaged 10.7 wins per season with Russell Wilson. They've never had under nine wins. So I don't know that that much has changed. I guess maybe Vegas is thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers are going to hand them a couple losses and be uh, uh, very improved or what's going on. But I just can't see a scenario where the Seahawks don't win at least nine games. That was, that was right there on my list of, uh, of teams I was going to pick. I mentioned that with Wilson yesterday because I was, I was stunned. I was like, what, how are the Seahawks? The Seahawks are good. How are they eight and a half? Um, overjuiced at minus 120. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that when they're released in May, that will necessarily see them at nine or nine and a half. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because the 49ers are at eight, right? I mean, I would rather much rather trust the Seahawks to win nine games than the 49ers to win nine games. You have the Cardinals there. Of course, we don't, we haven't even seen the schedule either, right? Like that's the crazy part is these win totals are out and the, the freaking NFL schedule isn't out. That matters. If you have to play three road games to open, or, you know, you have the, the Seahawks have the Rams twice in the final four weeks of the season. I don't know. All these things, all these things come into play. So. Or you're playing at Philadelphia and at Pittsburgh in December during the winter when you might be playing there in September. Right. Like there are a lot of, th- it is crazy that they released it before the schedule came out. That's I, crazier than before the draft. It is. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The schedule makes all the difference. The draft doesn't. I, um, I liked the Seahawks over last year. I think it was like six and a half by the time it closed, but it was mostly, it was like seven most of the year. And it was a lot because they had tons, they had like five of their last six games at home. And that's a big advantage for a team like the Seahawks. Uh, one team that stands out to me, it's going to sound crazy, John. Don't say it. It's not, um, well, actually I got two, I got two crap teams that stand out to me. Uh, I'm going to tell you one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over six. Six is too low for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Saints are going to be great again. We know the Falcons are desperate, but they're still an eight and a half win team. And the Panthers are an eight win team according to this, this total. So I, I just think that Tampa has a void here where they could step in and fill it. And I think that Jameis Winston will play well with Bruce Arians and Bruce Arians will get the most out of that team in his first year. And so I like, I like a little bump for Tampa here. I think they can get to 500 and, and win more than six games. Uh, and again, it's all about looking at the schedule. They sure. play the, uh, NFC West this year. So they have to play the Rams and the Seahawks. That's and not easy. They have to play the 49ers. Uh, there's not a lot of easy wins. And depending how you feel about the AFC South, that's their AFC matchup. So they've got to play the Colts, the Texans, two playoff teams. I mean, that's a lot. It's not going to be easy, Brinson. No, of course not. But all they have um, to do is get the seven wins to pay off in this bet. So it's yeah, they have the Jags, Rams, Seahawks, Titans, Panthers, Falcons, Saints, and Lions on the road. Mm. They got the Cardinals, Texans, Colts, 49ers, Panthers, Falcons, Saints, and Giants at home, though. That I don't know. I, I could see them winning four games at home, and then you got to steal two on the road to tie. What's your next team? My next team is my annual team that I bring up every mm-hmm. single year. It is the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. I almost feel guilty. I shouldn't even, I should just stop talking. Uh, I knew you were going to include them. Okay. So the, the, the wind tunnel set at six. I mean, it's it, really low. It is at six. And here's the thing is that like they're overlooked nationally all the time. We always talk about how sometimes the Cowboys eat point spread or win over under, there'll be a half point or a half win total because they get so many bets where the Bengals are just yeah. this team that Vegas doesn't care about. Nobody cares about. They just throw a number out there. Uh, and so 
look, this team has won at least six games every year for the past nine years. That's nine straight years. And that's every year. Mid- that's every year since Zach Taylor was born. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so you have as bad as they have been some years and they have been bad. They hit six wins no matter what. Like it, it's a given. So this just feels like a lock, and their schedule isn't overly difficult. You look at – they play the Bills and the Dolphins, the Raiders. Those are all winnable games. Home games against the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Cardinals. I mean, those are all winnable games. That's six games right there, and then mm-hmm. they just steal one or two more, and this thing is a lock. So and it's not like they had a talent deficit, not like a bunch of people left. Sure, they have a new coach, but I do think the Bengals win – at least seven games. I, I don't think this is going to be a great team. So I think they top out at maybe eight and eight, but I'll be shocked if they go, I'll be stunned if they go five and 11. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the only way they go five and 11 is if the Browns win. I mean, if they get swept in the division, they could go five and 11. I wouldn't rule that out. You know what I mean? But I, 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 I feel you like I don't, I don't think they're a likely team. I don't, I don't, I don't know, John. I mean, like is Andy Dalton going to stay healthy? Is the offense going to be better? Is the defense going to be better? Everything you just said, yes. Okay. Except maybe the defense. I Okay. All right. Um here's another crappy team I like on this list early on. I like diving deep into the muck. Well, first of all, by the way, in in conjunction with your Bengals thing, I actually like the Browns under too. Um it's nine wins for the Browns. They've won seven games in the last 3 years. I get that the Browns Wait, are Wait, awesome. are you slowing down the hype train on Cleveland? You yes. like the under? I, yeah, I would take, if I, if you, if I was picking right now over under, I'd take nine wins on Cleveland. They got a new, they got a first year head coach of Freddie Kitchens. They got a ton of new personalities coming in. The expectation is that they will win nine games bare minimum. I mean, what, I don't know. That's just, it's just a lot. It's asking a lot for Cleveland to win 10 games. 10 games is hard to do in the NFL. Now, if the Bengals win five games, the, the Browns might get 10. So we'll see. But, but they get to play the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. The Browns do? Yeah. Damn. So that's AFC North this year? AFC North to AFC East? Yeah. That's huge. Mm. Uh, well, although, I should point out my other team, the Buffalo Bills. I like the over for the Bills. The over? The over for the Bills at six. I think one thing we've learned the last two years, John, is that Sean McDermott, that's why I had you on and not Sean Wagner. It would just been a 30 minute session of bashing, bashing Sean McDermott. McDermott. Right. And Wilson would have just like gotten out his William and Mary shirt and just talked about how great he is. Uh, no, but I, I think Sean, Sean, we've learned time after time that Sean McDermott is going to win his team one or two more games a year just based on his preparation and coaching. And, and like, it's going to be a surprise win probably at home. So I think they can eke out some victories. I think they got two pretty good chances to win games against the Dolphins. That's a third of the way there. And you also have the Jets. Uh, so I think that the Bills could be a sneaky overplay here. Um, you know, they have the Redskins at home, the Ravens at home, the Bengals at home, the Broncos at home. Mm, I might love this. Dolphins at home. I mean, I, I'm looking at that. I'm, fe- I'm feeling they might get four or five wins at home alone, and then you just got to go to the Giants or the Jets or the Titans or the Browns or the Dolphins and, and steal one. So I like the Bills over at first glance. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that? This wasn't a team I was going to mention, but I'll just mention them real quick now, is the Dolphins is talking about 
the AFC East, everyone's total is so low. There's is only at five games. I know everybody's talking about them tanking, but they're not going to go 0-16. And when you look at the fact that they get to play four games, two against the Bills, two against the Jets, if they just go 2-2 two and two or 3-1 and one in those four games, which is completely possible, you're practically to your five-game win total. So yeah, exactly. You, you know, the, the Dolphins are one of the lowest ones. I think they might be the lowest one. Uh, so I don't hate that bet, but I'm going to give my one under because I've given two overs mm. and my one under is a playoff team from 2018. Hmm. I love and it. drum roll, please. It is the Houston Texans. Wow. That is a, that is brutal. Why? The over under is eight and a half. Uh-huh. So I, I think they're going to finish maybe seven or eight wins. I just really like the the rest of their division. The Titans have just totally beat up their team. I think they might be the first, maybe second best team. I think the Colts, Colts are definitely the best team in that division. Then I like the Titans. Then I like the Texans. So if you are finishing in third place in that division, and who knows about the Jags with Nick Foles, they're going to be better. Mm. Uh, I just don't see how the Texans are getting to nine wins. I, I can get on board with the Texans like that. I, I, I don't mind the Texans at all right there. And let me also throw out that they play the first place schedule. So they play the Patriots. They play the Ravens. Yep. They play the Chargers and they play the Chiefs. That is four of their non-divisional games. Like that's, that's insane. That and then is, they play the yeah, Falcons and tough. Saints. That is tough. Man, that's tough. Um, Hmm, I'm trying to think what other one I want to take. And I, I don't hate that at all. I think the Col I like I think the the Colts are set at nine and a half, which is crazy. They were great value last year on their over. That was an easy hit. Um a team that I the Packers are nine. I don't know. The Bears are see the Lions is a weird one, right? The Bears are at nine and a half. The Packers are at nine. And the Vikings are at nine. And yet the Lions are at seven. Shouldn't they be lower? I mean, it tells me that Vegas has no idea who's going to win that division. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just scared of the other three teams and they don't want to mess around. I want to say, oh, God. I need I need to see the schedule on those guys first. I don't want to. I actually I'll tell you a team that I would probably take the under on is the uh, I think I would take the under on the Carolina Panthers right now at eight. I think I think that's too high. Although Carolina doesn't usually have back to back back. Oh no 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 here it is. Sorry sorry I got it now. Ravens under at eight and a half. I think that the Ravens have lost a lot of talent. I think they're going to struggle to replicate that offense over the full course of a season, and I like them to win. Less than eight and a half games. I would also potentially take the Cardinals over at five wins because it's so so low. It's so low. And you're not, they're, in, they're in a loaded division. That's the thing. You've played the Rams twice, the Seahawks twice, the 49ers twice. Yeah. I yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it's, it's problematic, but you just have to win five games to push. And they get the oh boy, they get the NFC South too. So that's a little dicey. Oh boy, NFC South and the AFC North. Hmm. So they play the Lions, the Giants, Browns, the Bengals, all their six division games, Steelers, Ravens, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons, Saints. I might not like that after all. I need to see how the schedule plays out there. Uh anyone else that, that piqued your uh piqued your curiosity there, John? Um, let's see. I think I hit all the ones I really, really, really like. I thought the Patriots 
at 11 is fascinating because it's the Patriots Mm -hmm. and they always seem to hit 11 wins no matter what. (laughs) Just literally no matter what. The division still hasn't gotten any better, so I'm not sold that the Jets or anyone else can compete with them. And if you look at the Patriots uh, just since Belichick's been there, they've won 11 or more games every year since 2010. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty, makes me feel pretty good about taking that bet. So it, it's a high number. And I think that's, they're trying to scare you away by putting it 11, it's but so high. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, like it, it, you can't take the under. If you right, think, Brady, right, you think right. Brady's going to be healthy, you can't take the under. And if you think that, I mean, th- they can beat the Jets and the Bills. I might like the, um, the Jets. It's, I like the Jets over at seven too. But I mean, after I took the Bills over at six. Then, like, then the Patriots are going to win 14 games. I'm going to go under on both of those. Um, the Giants over at six is kind of interesting too. If only because, you know, the, they've actually, I could see them winning. I could see them going seven and nine, maybe. I don't mind the doll. I like the Dolphins under five is a lot, but they could stink this year. And, uh, the Chargers over at 10 might be a bit high for my taste. I don't think I would mind taking the under on the Chargers there, if only because we know the Chiefs are going to be good. We know the, we think that the Raiders have gotten better and the Broncos should be fairly improved as well. So that's my. Yeah, there's just, see, that's one of those bets I wouldn't make yet because there's too much mystery in that division. We don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill. If you take him off the Chiefs team, right. I mean, that is like, playing the whole season with their right arm behind their back. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, so their offense isn't going to be explosive. I would probably if, if Tyreek Hill does not play in 2019 for some reason and, and you know, anything could happen. Totally I would pro- I would probably pick the Chargers to win that division. Yeah, I would too. Uh that's a good point. So at that point you don't want to take the under of the Chargers then knowing that you might lose the Chiefs. Um all right, John. Let's get out of here. Unless you got anything else you want to add. I would just like everyone to know that I went to a Kelly Clarkson concert over the weekend, and that is not an April Fool's joke. I went to a widespread panic concert over the weekend. Oh, so who's cooler? Uh, probably you. Um, I was going to say you. Oh, my God. I just realized I didn't record. Are you serious? April Fool's, John! I got you! <laughs> I hate this holiday. Um, and all That's the... actually happened before, so I just want – it was completely believable. <laughs> and I made the face, too, I thought. Um <laughs> No, all right, so anyway, it's April 2nd when people are listening, but anyway, that's a good April Fool's Okay, and this is the last time I'm doing a podcast ever, so don't call me anymore. <laughs> all right, buddy, I'll talk to you later.